We're starting to read Perkyavis this week, and as in this uh, series, we are learning stories from Yaakov, stories from the Gemara, the Mishnah. So there is actually one story in all of Perkyavis, it's in Perek Vav. That is the Perek that talks about the Milo of Limud Atayra. And uh, as part of it, in the Mishnah test, the story tells us, the Mishnah tells us, Rabbi Yassi ben Kisma says one time I was walking on the road. One person met me. Um, he gave me Shalom Aleichem and I gave him back Shalom Aleichem. Omar li Rabbi Mezemakamato. Then he told, tells me, Rebbe, where are you from? I answered him, I come from a big city full of Chachamim, full of scholars. He told me, Rebbe, would you be willing to come and live amongst us in our place? And I will give you in exchange a million dinar, a million golden dinar, and some diamonds and pearls. Amartiloy, I told him, says Rabbi Yossi, Beni, my son, even if you will give me all the gold and silver and diamonds and pearls that there is in the whole world. Any Dara Labim Kom Torah will only live in a place of Torah. As it is written in Sefer Tehillim, in Tehillim written by David, who is Melech Yisrael, I prefer the Torah of your mouth more than gold and silver. Not only that, when one passes away, nothing accompany him, neither silver nor gold nor diamonds or pearls, only Torah Masim Toivim go with him. Shenemar. When you will walk, the Torah will guide you. When you lie down, the Torah will protect you. And when you wake up, the Torah will be the subject of, uh, of talk. That is what you will say. Mishnah continues, he says, what does that mean? Those three three steps. That when you will um, walk, the Torah will lead you. That refers to when you are walking, it refers to when you lie down, the Torah protects you, watches over you. This is Bakever in the grave. And when you will wake up, 
the Torah will be your talk, that uh, this is what you will be talking about. That refers to Eilam which means Chesam Eisim. Ve'oimer, and he brings one more pasuk, li ha'kesev v'li ha'zahav, Amar Hashem Tzvois, gold and silver belong to me, says Hashem. Now, it's an interesting story, it's a well-known story, but as we always say, every word in the Mishnah, every word in the Gemara, but even more so in the Mishnah, is really measured. Um, there's many things that the Gemara learned from extra words in the Mishnah, or from the way things were formulated in the Mishnah. And over here we seem to have many, many words that seem to be extra. A lot of things, if there is a message in this story, that message could have been straightforward without so many details. For example, why is it necessary to say Pa'amachas? Once upon a time I was walking on the road. Um, you could just start right away. That But if we just say Pagabi, this encounter, he described it as a pegia. Not only he met me, but kind of he slided me. Uh, it seems to be pretty negative. There is many questions also that we could see. He continues and he says, the man saw me, he greeted me first, he gave me shalom, and then I returned his shalom. I gave him back a shalom. The Mishnah says earlier in Perk Yovis, in Perk Dalet, you're supposed to be the one who greets first. So then why is it that Rabbi Yosef and Kisma is waiting or only responds to the greeting of the stranger? Then if you continue in the Mishnah, um, he asks him one question. Where are you from? Based on Rabbi Yosef and Kisma's answer, he gives him a, a, a great offer, a million dinar offer, asking him to be his Rebbe, to live in his town and lead them over there in the town. He didn't ask for any credential. He didn't ask where he got smicha from. He didn't ask, is, does, he have, does he have any, did he practice in the rabbinate? Um, is he published? Nothing. Where are you from? When he heard, ah, oh, I come from a city full of Chachamim, in that case, you get the job. That's very strange. Take it further in the Mishnah. Rabbi Yisim and Kisma didn't just say, no, I can't or I won't. He tells him, even if you give me all the silver, gold, and precious stones, pearls there is in the world, I will only live in a place of Torah and a Torah environment. Now, really, this stranger didn't offer him all the gold, silver, and precious stones there is in the world. He only offered him a million dinar. Okay, it's a lot, but that's not all the, the, the gold and silver there is in the world. So why is Rabbi Yassim and Kisma uh, exaggerating it by saying... Um, even if you give me all this, the gold and silver there is in the world. This reply of his is, is even more questionable because in the Chumash, you know, when Bilam was offered some reward by Balak for going and cursing the Eden, Bilam says, 
even if Balak gives me his house full of gold and silver, I cannot transgress what Hashem will say. Rashi saying that the fact that Balak only offered him great reward, he didn't really say he was going to give him his house full of gold and silver. So what Bilam was doing was actually naming, naming his price. Bilam was being greedy, Rashi says. And he was being greedy for refusing an offer by saying, even if you give me so much more than what you're offering me, I'm not going to take the offer. Because in fact, he was saying, look, if you're going to give me that much, maybe we could talk. So it's interesting how Bilam is criticized for answering this way. And then the Mishnah just brings Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma's answer without any type of criticism. I mean, there are many more questions. Why do you need to bring so many cases? Why was it necessary? So, so many psukim, so many proofs. Why was it necessary to name the author of the Tehillim? Say who wrote it and what was his position? In the other psukim, just say, So to understand all of this, we first need to describe a little bit about Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma. Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma was one that Toiroso Nusoy, I believe we spoke about him in the first podcast. Toiroso Nusoy means that he was only concerned about learning Torah. That's all he did. His whole life was devoted to learning Torah. Any other involvement, even serving the community, that would interfere with his Torah Som Nusay. So, where does such a person find himself usually? In the Besmedrash. That's why the Mishnah specified that this story took place when once upon a time, out of the ordinary, Rabbi Yosef ben Kisma left the Besmedrash because he had to go for probably a very important matter. And it was very unusual. Normally, we'd be in Besmedrash, but once it happens that he was on the road. And that's why the Mishnah begins by saying, Pam Achas. Now, such a person as Yasim bin Kisma, who's always studying Torah, when he must leave the Besmedrash to go to another place, is for sure not checking out the scenery. And definitely not worried about all the anxiety and stress that comes with travel. What is he doing? Despite all of this, he's learning Torah. He's thinking about Torah. And therefore is completely oblivious to what's around him. He does not notice the scenery. He does not notice the other people that are around him. And that's why he wasn't the first one to greet the stranger. Had he noticed him, he would have do what the Mishnah says. He would have said Shom Aleichem first. He didn't even notice him. Now, this is exactly, precisely that type 
of personality, this intense concentration, the focus on learning Torah despite the danger that existed on the road in those days, the worries, the distractions, Abiyasi's concentration and focus despite all of this is what impressed the stranger. The stranger did not need to know more about him. He saw enough. What he saw of Rabbi Yossi was enough to convince him that he is not Stam, a rabbi, but he's somebody who's very, very special and he does not need to ask for any more references or credentials. And he right away offered him this great offer, a million dinar to come and be the Rav in this town. Nonetheless, Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma took this man's greeting as a pegia, an affront, because not only he interrupted him in those very Torah thoughts that impressed the man, but also because when Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma realized what he wanted from him, suggesting to leave a place of Torah and go and get involved in a kehila, running a community and so on, for him that was considered a begia. As we mentioned before, Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma's avoid was Torah so Nusay. Such people, for most cases, leading a community will be considered a distraction. Of course, there are, we'll talk a bit later, there are um, that this is their neshama, and their neshamas came down to uh, have an influence on others in a direct manner by leading them directly and showing them the way, and other tzaddikim, other chachamim, then Neshama came down to lead the people in an indirect manner. By them being secluded and learning Torah and davening, in their schus, there's a lot of things that are happening. You know, we, we, this is generally speaking the difference between the Sheva Royim and the Shemayin and the Sichy Adam. As mentioned in the Gemara, Chassidus explains the difference in the personality of this type of tzaddikim. That the Royim are the one who are more involved with the people and the Nesichim are the one who are more to themselves. And yet, either one, both of them have a great influence on the people in their schus. But, but the Avaida is very different. So where Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma was coming from, this offer was considered a pagia. Now, before making this offer, Rabbi Yossi understood where it was going. But this stranger wasn't just going to offer a million dinar just to anybody. He asked him one question. Where are you from? What's the point of this question, where are you from? What difference does it make? I mean, would you say that because I'm from Montreal, I must be very chassidish? Because Montreal is a chassidish shtat. There is individuals. Each one is doing his own thing, right? So what does it help to know Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma is coming from a city that is full of Chachamim? How does that influence the offer? Well, the Rebbe explains that this man knew that he had a lot of money and he could pay for anyone to come. 
to his house, to his to his town, to 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 be the leader in his town. But he was a fair man, and to play fairly means that he should not take away somebody who is needed in his own town. Just the fact that he has more money than the other people is wouldn't justify taking away a rob from a town that needs him. So therefore, he asked him one question only. Where are you from? In other words, do, are you indispensable in your town? Would it be okay if you leave? Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma says, sure, I am from a town full of chachomim. So right away, the man says, well, if that's the case, your town will remain in a good spiritual standing even after you leave. So I don't feel bad offering you a million dinner. Please come to our place. Now, you could ask, well, you were just impressed by him because he was oblivious to the scenery. He didn't seem to be concerned with Oilamaze. He wasn't impressed with what was going on around him. What makes you think that he'll be impressed with money. What got you started with this man to begin with is because he seems to be completely focused on his Torah. So what makes you think that giving him a lot of money is going to be um, a factor in him accepting the job? The answer is, that by giving him so much money, the stranger was telling Rabbi Yossi that I see that you are completely devoted to your study of Torah. And now I want to make it even easier for you. I want to give you so much money that you will never ever have to worry about Parnassa. So if you don't worry about Parnassa, you'll be able to learn Torah even more without any worries. Not only that, you could even support your Talmidim. Your Talmidim could come with you as well. You'll be able to give a lot of tzedakah. Rabbi Yassi ben Kisma refuses. And the reason why he refuses he says, yeah, I know that there is a there is a lot of good that could be done with the money. Could give a lot of tzedakah. I could be a chacham who learns, but also someone who supports others. But let me tell you, even if you give me all the money that there is in the world, I won't come. Now, what is he saying? As I said before, he was never offered all the gold and silver of the world. He was only offered a million. So the Rebbe explains that by bringing this scenario, even if you give me all the money there is in the world, that means that by now, everybody's an Oni, besides for me. And if everybody's an Oni, everybody will rely on my tzedakah. So therefore, I will be able to fulfill the mitzvah of tzedakah in the most comprehensive way as possible. 
I have to give tzedakah to the whole entire world. Seems to be a great schus. Nonetheless, when Kisma says, I would still pass on this offer. Why? Because I want to stay in a place of Torah. They have ads in the in, in side notes. I know that if I take all the money that there is in the world, you know, money could be used for good, it could be used for bad. Now, if I get all the money that there is in the world, no money is going to be used for bad. All the money of the world is going to be used only for good, which gives me the great opportunity of refining this world knowing how much evil is being caused by greed and money. But I won't be any of this because I'll be holding on all, all of that money and I'll be using it for good purposes. And thereby I will be purifying and refining this world. Nonetheless, Rabbi Yossi says, I could transform the world through Limudatari as well. Maybe other Chachamim, Maybe the type of the tzaddikim that are from the Roy, maybe they could, that would be enticing. But Rabbi Sibben Kisma says, I could refine the world through Torah. Now, when he's taking such a bold approach, he better come up with solid proof. That's why Rabbi Sibben Kisma brings three psukim to support his view. And yet, he only quotes the source of one of them only. He said, And that's part of the message. He's saying to him, well, David Amelech was a king. He was very wealthy because he was a king. And all of his wealth and the riches, he spent them for the needs of the people. Find the Gemara in Sanhedrin talks about that. Making an army, conquering the land getting the Mishkan to a more stable location. Nevertheless, Rabbi Yossi points out that this very David HaMelech, who know all the worthy benefit of money, David HaMelech proclaims that he preferred Torah. I prefer Torah over gold or silver. Even when this gold and silver would be used properly, then he mentions not only his role as a king, telling us that he was rich and he used it for the right thing, but he also mentions where it is written in Sefer Tehillim. Sefer Tehillim is Shavu Lechol Nefesh. Everybody is reading Tehillim. It has the same effect. Regardless of their wisdom, their, their, their maile and tzitkus, a tzaddik or a simple person, you read Tehillim. Tehillim is Shavar Chal Nefesh. So therefore, by quoting that this Pasuk is coming from Tehillim, Rabbi Yossi ben Kisme is telling the man that this approach is not only David HaMelech's approach, but it's an approach that could apply to every Jew. Everybody is able to look at Torah, value Torah, learn in Torah, be busy with Torah, more than he does anything else. Then Rabbi Yassim and Kisma continues and he says, 
when one passes away, none of these things accompany him. Not gold, silver, stones, pearls. Only Torah Masim Toivim. So he's showing that Torah is really the guide of the person throughout all the life cycles. When he brings, when you walk, that refers to Elamaze. By the way, these three things in the same Pasuk is like it says, The Friedrich Rebbe explains that is when the Neshama is in Oitzar HaNeshames before going down. Is when the neshama is in Olamaze because Dafka in Olamaze we call him a halech, meaning that the progress that we do is a valuable progress that the result of our action is Dafka in Olamaze. So, so that's what he says, the Torah is your guide when you are walking, meaning in Olamaze. refers to when we are, when one is in a grave lying down, that also the Torah is protecting you. And then, like we say, is when we get up at Chesamesim. So, when you're going to wake up, you will be talking to it. So here, he's bringing a Pasuk that is going through the entire cycle of the Neshama. The Neshama, when he's in Olamaze, when he is in Ganeiden and when he is in Oilam Hatchia, when coming back to Tchias Amesim. That this, this Pasuk is showing how much the Torah is your guide not only in one time or one phase, but throughout. And finally, Rabbi Sibin Kisma brings a third Pasuk, Lia Kesev what is the suggestion of this Pasuk? So some of the Mephoshim are suggesting that this Pasuk is to say that being that all the riches belong to Hashem, so He's the one who gives Parnasa, so therefore Hashem could provide me with my livelihood regardless wherever I am. I don't need to come to a different place to get my Parnasa because that's a very shat dimension of this Mishnah. The Rebbe brings another inner meaning to this Mishnah, to the quote of Rabbi Yassim and Kisma. It says, the main difference between Limud Torah and Kiyuma Mitzvah is that in order to do mitzvah, a mitzvah, you need asset, you need, you need money, you need things, you need items. The Midrash says in Vaikra Rabbo, who could put up a mezuzah if I didn't give him a doorpost? If Hashem didn't give money to afford a house, who could put up a mezuzah? It continues with the same thing. Who could make a make if I didn't give him a house? Who could build a sukkah if I didn't give him a chatzel? And the, the same is for every mitzvah. It's particularly tzedakah. Who could give tzedakah if the Abish didn't give us money? As we know that the money that we 
have is only pikadan that the Ebishter gave us in order to share it with those who need it. So if the Ebishter didn't give us this money, we wouldn't be able to do a mit to, to do the mitzvah of tzedakah. So therefore, any mitzvah that we do is always we are only doing part of it because we couldn't practice this mitzvah unless the Ebishter gave us the means to do so. And that's the pshat of You are trying to tell me that the mitzvah of tzedakah is so much greater. That's maybe true. But it's not the result of my effort. The money that I have with which I am giving tzedakah actually was given to me by, given to me by Hashem. Now, even a mitzvah that doesn't require any particular object. I mean, you just went through Pesach, you know. Uh, who could eat matzah if he doesn't have a nice bank account to be able to pay for those matzahs, right? And that bank account, that money, they, they gave you. But there are mitzvahs that don't require an item. For example, Avo Yiro. Well, the Gemara says, If the Eibishter was not going to help Ayit, he wouldn't be able even uh, to fight his Yitzhara. Even Avavihira will require Hashem's help. So, by bringing this Pasuk, Rabbi Yassim in Kisma is trying to make a contrast between all mitzvahs, particularly Tzedakah and Limudat He's saying for any mitzvah, and in particular Tzedakah, I am only able to do whatever I can with whatever Hashem gives me. But when it comes to Limudat Torah, that doesn't depend on anything other than our effort. By the way, when the Pasuk says, Limudat Torah requires you to apply your own head to grasp, understand the concept in Torah. And you know that by doing this, you are unifying with Hashem. Like the Alter Rebbe says in Tanya, that the Yichud Nifla that takes place is uncomparable to any other thing in the sense in which you're taking two opposite things which is a finite intellect and unify it with the infinite. Unify it with the Abish's intellect, with Ensoif. This is a unification that you have Dafke by learning Torah. Of course, when you do a mitzvah, you're also unifying with Hashem. Mitzvah milashon tzav a mitzvah is connecting you, unifying you with the Abisher, that's true. But yet there is you, there is the Abishter who's commanding you to do the mitzvah, and there is the object that you have you have been using to do the mitzvah. So that unification is coming into some kind of a connection, a union of all of these factors put together. As opposed to Limudatoira. Is you, Chochmah, 
becomes one with the Abish Teschachma. Your Seichel is right now a locus. Your brain cells are godly now. Because they contain with it, they unify them with God's wisdom. And that's why the Alter Rebbe calls it the Yichud Niflo. That connection is much, is not comparable. It's much greater than any Yichud that could take place by performing any mitzvah. And this is what Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma was looking for. By the way, the Rebbe connected this with another statement of Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma. The statement in the Gemara, Gemara Shabbos, that Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma says that uh, two are better than three. And Rashi explains over there that he says, a young man walks on two, on his own two feet. An old man uses a cane, which is a third leg. So Rabbi Yassim ben Kisma is saying it's so much better to be young than to be old. Now, do you really think that's what it means? Only that? That's kind of obvious. That's a truism. Rabbi Yassim ben Kisma is actually referring to Limud HaToyre, because that's all he's talking about. So what about Limud HaToyre, that two are better than three? So he say two is when one person and his Torah becoming one with Hashem. By learning Torah, so there is no outside element, just you and the Torah. Three, however, is when Torah is studied with a teacher, with a student, with a Chavrusa. So according to Abiyasi ben Kisma, it is greater to learn Torah on your own. Once again, we're talking about this kind of Chachamim, that Torah is not necessarily concerned about having a direct influence on others. Right? We're looking at it a bit differently, perhaps. That the mile of teaching Torah to somebody else, or the, the mile of learning Torah from somebody else, or even the mile of learning Torah with a Chavrusa, including another person in, as a partner in your learning. But from Rabbi Yassim ben Kisma's perspective, that partner is a third wheel. It actually detract him from his personal achievement. When one learns, with somebody else. Either he has to make less effort because the other person is going to explain it. So therefore you didn't use your full potential. Or you are going to be slowed down and held back by the other person who's not up your speed. So therefore, when Kisma says, I'm not looking into this mindless of transforming the others and so on. I just want to unify with the Eivishter. And that is through Limud HaToyre. And even more, through Limud HaToyre on my own. There's a similar point that um, we could uh, pick up from a, a, a story in which once uh, Tzemach Tzedek went into the, to the Alter Rebbe, I think it was by his uh, birthday perhaps, and the Alter Rebbe told him that I'd like to give you um, as a present Hasaga in Torah. You know, you should know the whole Torah. So Machzedek declined. And he said that Torah has to be acquired through Yegiyah, through an effort. 
Altrebe accepted the answer. This is consistent with the approach in the, in, in, with his approach in this Mishnah. Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma wants to emphasize the mile of investing your own effort in learning Torah rather than to rely on any help. Even help me la mile. Torah that is acquired through you hasmode yushkida is a lot more gratifying that when it is given over to you. Of course, everybody agrees that you must seek guidance when you come to learning Torah. You have to learn from a suitable teacher. You have to learn and share with the Chaver. Because obviously itself says it. We're going to say this Shabbos. But even with, while learning from a teacher, while learning with a Chaver, should always aspire to take your Torah study to the next level, which means applying your strength to the maximum. Your own koiches. Therefore, Abiyasi ben Kisma reached such a point in which learning on his own was more beneficial to him than learning with others. Then again, I mean, on a more general, on a more general. Um, point we could say well is how does that sit with our approach of shliches afatza and so on well we, we could say that this uh, this story was uh, took place before uh, before Kislev. so therefore there was a lot of room actually for this derech avoida it is now in the time of fikvesadim shicha uh, in which we have to actually have that misrus nefesh. Um, have that misrus nefesh in which we really need to go out of our comfort zone, and our comfort zone means the best medrash, in order to go and have an influence on other people. And we read in the Haggadah just a few weeks ago, Vayered Mitzrayim anus al Yaakov Avinu came down to Mitzrayim. He was forced by Hashem. The Rebbe is asking, why, why does he, is he feeling forced? The Rebbe told him, go down to Mitzrayim. So just like any mitzvah, you have to do it besimcha. You have to do it with a great enthusiasm. Don't do it feeling forced. The Rebbe himself is telling you to do something. You should be very excited about it. What do you mean, anus al so the Rebbe said that of course Yaakov Avinu went there because the Rebbe told him to. For sure. But he didn't feel at home in Mitzrayim. He felt that he's there because that's his shlichus. The Rebbe put him there. He belongs in Eretz Yisrael. He doesn't belong in Mitzrayim. If he's there, he's anus al piyadibu. That's his shlichus. He's going to do it besimcha. But he shouldn't feel comfortable there. I will venture to say that this Mishnah showing the value of Limud Atoire, the way Rabbi Yosef Ben Kisma is learning it, even though he was from those people, Torah Nusoy, which we cannot necessarily relate to, 
Nonetheless, when we are out there, when we are accepting this million dinar offer, or much less, and getting involved in the community and so on, of course we have to do it besimcha, and of course we have to do it knowing that this is our our tafkid here. But nonetheless, we have to remember that we are anus al We are not at this very moment in our best medrash where we really should want to be and aspire to be. Because we have a very important task. But nonetheless, the moments that we are spending learning Torah for ourselves, it has to have that value. We have to value it exactly the same way that Rabbi Yosef Kisme valued it his whole life. That there is nothing more valuable to it than it. And nothing will take us away from those few hours, few minutes, whatever it is. When we are learning Torah at this moment, nothing is going to distract us. The Rebbe concluded by saying that... Uh, there was a story once where the Friedrich Rebbe told someone that he needs to spend more time learning Torah and less time indulging in worldly matters and worrying about his business and, you know, being Shakua and Elamaze. The man, the man replied that uh, the Rebbe is detached from Gashmi Sa'ilam. He doesn't have all these worldly pleasure that come with wealth. So he told him, should the Rebbe be put to the test and know how great pleasures, wealthy life has to offer, maybe the Rebbe would not ask him to forfeit it. So the Rebbe says, In this story, the Felik Rebbe said, No, I could bring you a proof from somebody who had the Nisoyen. Somebody who was put to the test and was given the opportunity of making so much money. And yet what he chose was to remain true to his Torah environment. No money, gold, silver, precious stones doesn't necessarily refer to money only, but to, to what we perceive as valuable in terms of worldly matters. None of this should distract us from what is really valuable, which is our limudat and kiyuma mitzvahs.